0: Welcome to Fright School Are you ready? Class is in session Ah, oh, Welcome back to Fright School. Hello, Joe. Hi, Joshua.
1: How are you doing? Uh, it's great. Lovely evening.
0: Yes, yes. It's a lovely dark night out here in the Fright School studio.
1: Yes, <laughs> in the West
0: Craven Memorial Library. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, all right. I'm so excited today because we have a very special guest. Another new voice in our, in our little canon of horror here at, at Fright School Academy. <laughs> Is that... Well, that's kind of... That's redundant. That's redundant. Yeah, Fright School Uh, Academy. Right. Anyways, uh, welcome to dear friend Jay. Hello. 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 Hi. Hi. (laughs) So excited to have you in today. We are going to have a fun dive into uh, chatting about all things horror. And uh, then next week, you'll join us again to discuss uh, the 2000 werewolf film Ginger Snaps. So I'm excited. This is going to be a lot of fun. But first, as always, what's happening? What's going on? What have you watched this week, Joe? What have you read? <laughs> nothing horrifying. <laughs> nothing.
1: Read nothing. Nothing word. Just nothing you did. to filth. <laughs> as always. Oh, as yes. I've... Last night, I was out late last night, and some uh, I, Joshua saw that I was tagged at a karaoke place <laughs> late last night, and then what happened? Joshua messages like, "Um, Joe needs to be in bed because he has fright school early the next morning. <laughs> And I said, uh, (laughs) Joshua needs to calm the F down. Uh, And then we started, you know, playfully dragging each other on the social media. That's right. Because then
0: Laura posted that I was out of karaoke. And you're like, you need to get to bed. (laughs) I was like, you need to get to bed. What are you doing out? You don't need to tell the teacher where to be. Exactly. You're the one that needs to get.
1: I can walk down (laughs) Madison Avenue. Stop it. (laughs) We're going to get sued. That clarifies
2: things for me. Because I was like, (laughs) I'm pretty sure I saw you and Laura on Facebook also smashed up at a booth at a karaoke bar last night.
0: Yes, it's true. But uh, as a professor, I I uh, could do that. Oh, Joe so needs to do, get his rest.
1: Do as I say.
0: Joe should have been reading up Not on as I do lycanthropy and feminism, but uh, instead he yes. was
1: out messing around. Uh, yes, <laughs> that's right. It is my prerogative, you know. Uh, I can walk into Bergdorf Goodman's and get served like any white woman because I can it. pass. He's stealing, and all you of poses. cannot. <laughs> Beast. Beast. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You just come for me.
0: <laughs> on Spirit Airlines. On Spirit Airlines. I mean, your final destination. Bish. Anyways, back to what we're talking about. Yes. So we did go out last night. I had never been there to this place. It's called the Carriage House here in San Diego.
2: What? Is that a new one?
0: Uh, I have no, no idea. No, it's,
1: it's an old one, but it's one of those places where it's like, it's heavy on the. It's heavy on the regs, regulars. They have a lot of uh, regular kick-up people. Okay, that is carry- it yeah. a straight
2: bar? I mean... Yeah,
1: it was like... I don't think it's a... It's definitely not like a queer bar. No. I mean, I Ugh. think anybody could be welcome there
0: if you're spending money. Well, it's like
2: Rosie's is not like a, a queer bar, but it's like... It's 50 50 usually. <laughs>
0: yeah. And I think that's happening more and more. Maybe like this is 60 <laughs> 40. Right. No, I mean, th- I'll there, take w- that. I, I mean, didn't see really. Right. There was one other guy that I thought might have been queer, but most, I think most of the people that were in there were straight. Um, but it was kind of weird. It was like Calatucky. Is like that Claremont? Yeah. Gross. Exactly. Convoy. It was on Convoy. <laughs> see? There's that- a karaoke
2: bar there called Champs that I used to get dragged to a lot when I was at Ikea with like all, just all straight people. And I'd walk in and I'm just like, like why it's just like another guy drinking a Bud Light singing that Garth Brooks song I could oh friends in low places oh yeah you know it yeah 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 yeah, yeah. it's awful
0: yeah it it was a little awkward first when I walked in because at first like so they have a sign but then it's like all this glass like front that's like blacked out and I couldn't tell where the door to the place was so I'm like Kind of walking around outside.
1: It's it's a uh, you know impermeable, so you just walk. You know, yeah, maybe semi permanent you know? And, you just walk and in. so,
0: and I'm dressed like I'm usually dressed. You know, wearing a lot of black. I did have a big blue like scarf on, like mm-hmm. a uh, um, a type scarf. Were you beat? I was. I had done this blue eyeshadow look to mm. <laughs> so go with did the it real. The sh- it did. Yes, it matched it, it perfectly. And then I had on some turquoise and blue, other blues and silvery rings. So I was really kind of done up and I was like oh I think I've made a mistake here you know <laughs> like it when I walked in the place because I was like oh I've been transported to like Kentucky you're or overdressed something. for sure oh definitely yeah it, it was like beige shorts and shirts and kind of you know some of the leftovers from July 4th kind of looking thing
1: um, yeah, we are all as queer people eye rolling. <laughs> it was just, you know,
0: but, I mean, like, I
1: was way over, like, but you're I
0: didn't always, know, I are always like overdressed. No, that's true. You're I mean, not, I always look the same, you yeah, know, kind of like that's just exactly. how I do I mean, I
2: feel like every time you go out, if you decide you're going out, you're going out,
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. It's I'm, a thing, it's, a, it's a yeah. happening. Yeah. It's gonna be, see, I'm a person, I'm a local personality, okay, I have a responsibility <laughs> to look good. <laughs> <laughs> I love you guys just going <laughs> out there like who are you? Who is you? Yes, yes.
1: What is it? <laughs> but no really. You're a veritable
0: well, who's Amongst, that? No. Yeah. But it's I'll send San, s- San Diego Elite. Right. I'll, exactly. I'm I'm a gay listener. Are the San Diego
1: uh, Hoy polloi. is that yeah. who you are? We're trying to be Joe. Jay, we're in the presence of of royalty, of greatness, of, of greatness. I didn't know. Listen,
2: it's
0: well. about it's about confidence, Joe. I mean, like fuck
1: me, right? Yes. Well, fuck my drag. <laughs>
0: You guys are awesome too. Stop it. No, my that's you're you're missing my point. It's about going out into the world and just fucking living and making other people eat it. And I recommend that everybody do that.
2: (laughs) I think I do that a lot, but just by looking at people, I don't like need to put anything on. People read me and they're like, "Ooh, I think she's mean." And I'm like, <laughs> mostly I've been terrified my whole life, but I've really started in the last like five, seven years being like, oh, I need to come into this power. Yeah. Like, use it. I'm going to assume that you're afraid of me and use that to my advantage here because <laughs> yeah. this is like a power. Yeah. I'll take yeah. it. It you is. Think I'm a bitch. Well, you're probably dumb and That's we don't okay. need more time together.
0: Yeah. And that's the thing. You know, you walk into a place and, you know, it's like people, oh, are you in a band? Yes, I am. Don't I look it? Mm. You know? <laughs> I have a horror podcast as well. Don't I look it?
1: <laughs> but anyways, so if that's so. the case, then what do people think when they see me? Ah, do you have bodies in your basement? Uh, don't I look it? <laughs> Maybe. It depends on how you want to wield it, Joe. You know?
0: You're walking through the world. You gotta do it. So Anyways. basically
1: what you're saying is that your your mantra in life is the three things that Latrice Royale says to do. Get up, look sickening and make them eat it. Is that what it is? Yeah. Fake okay. it till
0: you make it. That's what I tell you. Confidence in this world takes
1: you lots of places. It you must know? be nice Just to walk in like you own the to fucking walk place. Walk in with the unearned confidence of a white. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I do think you put that on the confidence of like uh, you know an upper middle class white woman who's had a li- just enough of the right kind of work done.
1: Yes. and I'm but like, like you could you kind of tell, but you can't tell, but maybe she has. It
2: hasn't gone too far yet. Yeah, you know? exactly.
1: It's a it's few like places. Vanderpump. Botox. I don't know.
2: Sometimes, yes, like
1: like Lisa Vanderpump. Yeah. Maybe. Of the
2: goth society. Sometimes I walk
1: through... uh, Sometimes when I'm in a hurry to get places or I'm I'm really determined in a public space, I'm like, okay, we need to walk like white women. We need to walk like (laughs) white women who need things, who, you know... Fuck everyone else. Just walk. I get asked though far too much about my ethnicity that
0: like sometimes I wonder what, you know what I mean? Like I, I, I definitely feel like white, you know, white privilege. Absolutely. Like I, I, I benefit, but people I do often get asked like, or especially old, like white people.
2: It's because you, you (laughs) you flag things that don't read in cis straight society but you're not flagging the a gay typical uh, and so it's like you've, got, right. like, you've got long hair sense. you've got facial hair you've made decisions about your presentation that are other in a way that suggests to them like some sort of uh, cliche of some sort of Roma Oh, uh, okay. Thing or maybe and they're like, uh, you, yes, got a, I like it. you got you got a little something that. in you. Like you're white and I think so, but they're you're flagging some kind of ethnic ambiguity. Yeah. Yes.
0: That's what happens that to me That must a lot, be so. because
2: why else would a, you know, non-feminine presenting man presumably straight, presumably right that's what they're thinking but they're right. like what is this there's something here right and it's because they can't they yes. can't pick up on the game you're
1: like maybe your yeah. your aesthetic is like rocker roma you know like <laughs> i like it i'm gonna write that down yes. you
0: know? <laughs> next time somebody asks me is rocker roma
1: it's like this is uh <laughs> i'm going for a little rocker roma people you know <laughs> uh,
0: anyways the point is we were there and i was definitely very overdressed i was the only man in the room that had eyeshadow on <laughs> But the cool thing was I walked down this. So um, Convoy area here in San Diego, there's tons of like amazing Korean food and like delicious food all over the place there. So right down this, like in the same complex as this was this little place called Banchan. It's like,
1: yes, Mm -hmm.
0: fucking The the fried chicken place. Delicious. But I walk in and, um, fucking sexy motherfucker. It's like, Hey, one i'm like no i just want to order to go Can i you know so he takes me over to the bar and he's like i love your eyeliner or i mean your eyeshadow and i love your scarf and i love that it matches your eyeshadow and is that cthulhu on your t-shirt on your <gasps> tank top oh girl and i was like yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but he was just he was adorable and he was just like cla- like everything like i love how that matches and oh i like your rings and i like you know and is that and your Cthulhu? Hair.
1: oh he might as well have oh, just like, i know yeah. right mm-hmm. he was adorable but he was totally that my number me, like, in your phone I, right
0: <laughs> <laughs> so that really helped so then when i walked back with my carry out kimchi that i got and uh, other <laughs> random stuff because i went back to the bar because you could bring food in because they didn't have food and so you could bring food in there to eat. So I, I went back and I was like, all right, well, my night is made. So <laughs> that I don't know. That was the, the whole story of last evening. It was, very, it was very interesting. It was a lot of fun, though. I did enjoy myself. I, I totally walked in going, oh, this was a big mistake. Uh, but then I saw Laura who's been on the podcast before. And she's like, you came, you actually showed up. She didn't think like, I was like, I'm on my way. And she was still surprised, I guess. that yeah, I came. Yeah, And then you get
2: spoiled with attention from her and it kind of makes it w- a little bit more worth yeah, it.
0: Exactly. And so we had, so I had like a total blast and we sang and of course, you know, it was, it was really fun. And there was a lot of great singers there and, you know, in the end, it was fun. I kept telling Jeffrey, like, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm on my way home. I'm on my way home." And then it was like, "No, it was midnight." <laughs> I was, I got up to leave, and Laura's like, "Just have one more drink." I'm like, "No, I've spent enough." And they're like, "I'll buy you one more round, one more round. Come on, just one more, just one more, just one more." I'm like, "Girl, do not suck me into this." <laughs> All right, Jack and Ginger. <laughs> if I'm so, we, right, exactly. Oh, if you insist, uh, but it turned out to be really, really fun. It was just, yeah, it was kind of the start of a horror film you know in a way just to loop it all back in yeah when i first got there it and was then when like I, at the record very record end scratch. They, uh, you know at you the know? very
1: end they'll uh uh, you know, steel plates will come down, blocking all the windows and exits, mm-hmm. and uh, the game will begin. I may have gotten out just in time. I have not heard from Laura today, so I don't know what happened after I left. Oh, it's I possible. I just had one
2: of those, those feelings. I, I did that Wonder Spaces uh, last oh, weekend yeah, yeah, in yeah, San Diego. Yeah. And oh, of, that
1: sounds like horror. One yeah. of
2: one of their exhibits this year is they put on blacked out um, swimming goggles over your eyes, and then they put a headset on your ears that plays like an, a three and a half minute audio track of like birds chirping and nothing like scratching, which actually kind of would it added to the effect for me, but... And then they put you into this hallway that has just like ropes. It's all painted black, so you can't like the idea is you can't see, and you're just hearing this like prescribed audio. And you walk through this room that's like kind of as narrow, like narrower than your arms widened. And then there's these ropes that you put behind you to guide you and keep you up. And they've built the room that you go back, but then you hit a wall, and it and you you can turn around and then go to the left, and there's another hall, and you come in, but it's oh, all wow. really narrow and like claustrophobic feeling. And I was having this like moment in there where I was like, I'm not scared, but I was like excited about the idea of someone having that of like a, a horror movie based in this like type of experience where you're having this like it's an art installation and then like something claws through the wall and like drags you through the exhibit. And then as soon as I came up, I was so I had a big smile on my face and I looked at the teenage girl who's operating it and I was like, do people just scream sometimes? Like when they come <laughs> out of here, or are they just like living some sort of like panic scenario? She's like, I mean... Like, you know if you're if you think bad things I guess you could get scared like you people get you know it's all in your head and I was just like I know, I know. isn't it great you're like
1: leering <laughs> at her <laughs> I want to do it again it's
2: a great idea to kill a bunch of people and film it it'd be great <laughs> I
1: don't know if I talked about this last year yes. but I did the um at Comic-Con last year I did the uh, Castle Rock uh activation that they had just oh, yeah assigned. yeah yeah you d- yeah we have talked about talk about it because it, it was really cool Well, the, the thing that the thing that like I really hated so it was like basically this really elaborate haunted house and um, it was all like they had different rooms that were kind of Stephen King based and there was one where like right when we walked in it was me and these two older ladies and they held on to me they were like you can't leave us okay we really can't we, I can't handle scary things and I'm like okay well you know as someone who's a certificate holder of right school I think we're gonna be <laughs> fine and so the guy who's like guiding everyone and putting them in the like the initial rooms it's like do you like this book and he pointed to it and I and the girls were like no and I'm like then you should go in here and we were in door number 27 and I'm like oh fuck we're gonna get Pennywise is gonna come out and like something something anyway we're going through the maze and then we get to this part where they had actually two sections they had a section for like people who needed like wheelchair assistance which i thought was really inclusive but they had the section where if you were not wheelchair uh if you had no wheelchair assistance you were going through and there were these like walls that were basically these vinyl pillows and there was they were being inflated and you're basically walking through them and it's like almost suffocating you Mm. and like I if I had not been holding on to the woman in front of me I swear to God I probably would have like freaked the fuck out because I just kept like walking forward but she was there like guiding me out of it and I was just like this and I was pitch black too and so like you're like doing this the whole time trying to get out And you don't know if you're, like, making any way. But if I was not holding on to that lady, I would have freaked the fuck out. I started to, like, get anxiety. It was... It was insane that it reminds me of um,
0: and, and usually it comes sometime with us to uh, not scary farm, mm-hmm. you know, to do the mazes and stuff. It'd be re- I, I mean, you might enjoy it, but there's one where I hope they have it again this year because it's the one that freaks me out the most, which a lot of them don't like I, I just laugh hysterically through it, you know, because it's just fun. But they have one where you go and it's called trick or treat and it's like it's in the dark and they give you a flashlight. Mm-hmm. And then the flashlight sometimes goes out like it gets triggered by different things. Oh. You know, so you're having to make your way like through and you never like I mean, you're it's just like all an of escape
2: sudden. room and there's like puzzles.
0: Yeah, I mean that would be a cool element if they did add that it would make the freaking lines way longer I'm sure you but know, it was mostly time. a haunt right? But yeah it's just a haunt just you know to oh, kind okay. of wander through it but you're like you know using the flashlight to try to find your way and it's so freaky because they things just jump out just and, jump scares and you don't usually, see it coming right? yeah, yeah 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 absolutely yeah but it was really fun and well and then sometimes you'd kind of make a wrong turn and you know somebody would pop up and be like oh nope other way <laughs> other way you know but it, it was really freaky so I, I think that would be a lot of fun to do. I'm I'd be down.
1: Um I, you better you better wear something loose that night cuz I'm going to be clutching onto you the entire <laughs> time, so.
2: Yeah. I'm not like a big fan of the jump scare stuff because it to me, I mean, that's like, I don't li- really like suspense. I want a good story. Uh, yeah. You know, like I want to I want to feel the thing where it turns my stomach as I like it dawns on me what's actually be- happening and not just some, you know, somebody in a clown mask going boo.
0: Yeah. Well, that makes sense. And maybe you wouldn't enjoy knots, but it's fun to do as a group. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? It's fun with like Joe who's screaming the whole time. <laughs> I- I'm all like, son
1: of a bitch. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> I
0: fucking hate you Joshua I hate you yeah, like, why Josh, are you like, doing this to me <laughs>
1: yeah. it
2: really goes against my whole like vibe of being the cat that hisses
0: right you know when <laughs> someone
2: comes up at me and I'm just like why would you do that god <laughs> <laughs> and then they're kind of look at me like god we're sorry lady <laughs>
1: Well, Joshua's the best too when he goes through that because, like, he'll be like, Woo, <laughs> woo, you <Yeah>. got me. <laughs> woo, yeah. Stay right there. You got me. <laughs> that Yeah, those will get me.
0: Yeah. Or they try to run up to you at the thing and it's like, Oh, hi, you're supposed to be helpful. We're lost. Where do we go? And they have to, like, they have to tell you. <laughs> if,
2: I, if I'm the worst to take, because if I get too much anxiety, I'll start playing along. Like, I went with t- my roommates to some crappy Halloween haunted houses like a couple years ago. And I saw my roommate Zondra starting to get a little bit worked up a little bit. And so, and I'm like, my anxiety is building because I know it's going to be a jump scare. So I just start like grabbing him at odd intervals and just like screaming in his ear to the side. And just, <laughs> just so that like, I might already be screaming by the time somebody jumps at me, you know? And he's just <laughs> like, wow, you are a sociopath. Like, what's wrong with you? I, I'm already scared. And and here you are. I'm just like, I don't, no, no, no. This is my fear. <laughs> so response.
1: I've, I've put this out there already for so my cousin so i'm really close to my cousins and their their kids call me uncle so you know i treat them like my nieces and nephews and my cousin had her son is like a budding horror hound like he he is like um he's 11 and he is just in it to win it with horror he's i was like have you seen carrie and he's like yeah i have like he's already his dad's shown him all these like crazy stuff and i'm just like my heart is singing anyway i said uh to her i said hey i'm i'm happy to like you know if you want to if you uh, i'm sure he wants to go to knots uh in the in halloween i'm happy to go and like take him up or you know whoever else wants to go you know i can lead a trip because it's it's a lot of i'm like it's a lot of fun and and she's like oh i don't know i don't know and i'm like oh, i think it'll be fun but more than i'm saying is that if we want to do a fright school and we take the children's <laughs> Because <laughs> I can only, one, I would just love to see Joshua interact with children, and oh, or it's a like very leave,
2: special episode.
1: It's a very special episode. We watch, uh, you know, Joshua commit infanticide. Um, <laughs> I, I I have gone on record that Halloween is
0: the only acceptable time for children. So I would be down to escort a group of children. I though would probably want to call CPS on their parents if they. <laughs> <laughs> If they willfully hand their children over to me, <laughs> like they need, they need to be investigated. Probably, uh, it kind of reminds me. This morning, Jeffrey and I. Um, so recently, here in the neighborhood, we've had an increase in infants in mm-hmm. the larval in the larval humans, <laughs> and all they do is scream.
2: Yes, Pro- you think they're in your backyard?
0: Yeah, yeah. And so we've been like there's like one over here, there's one over here, there's one across the street, and I'm like, we were laying in bed this morning listening. (laughs) To the screams? (laughs) To the sound of the screams.
2: Screams of children. Ah!
0: Ah! You know, just top of the lungs, and we're trying to figure out, like, is this normal? Us in our infinite ignorance, Mm. you know, of not being around enough babies, clearly. Uh, I'm like, is this normal? Do they really scream endlessly like this? you know? And so I'm like trying to figure out like, do we call the police? I mean, I don't really want to call the police, but you know what I mean? It's like, it's freaky, you know? Cause they, I mean, should it's, you it's,
2: intervene on their behalf? It's
0: very yeah. terrifying, you know? And then Jeffrey's over here, like becoming anthropology major. He's like, I wonder what the, uh, like evolutionary benefit of that is because like if we're being hunted by like wild animals when we're cavemen, were we screaming like that?
2: I'm like, oh, you want to get into the anthropology Jeffrey. of it? <laughs> like uh, there, there's a thing about human beings that like, so we are like not Dissimilar, but dissimilar from kangaroos where we're born underdeveloped, right? Like giraffes and prey animals are uh, born with the ability to run and fend for themselves. And you know, like there's some um, nurturing that happens with like the mothers, you know, in mammal species, but human beings were born like as neonates, not neonates, but you know, before we're able to like survive And, and it takes years to rear a human child, which is highly inefficient right. for us as beings, but because yeah. we're social animals um, <laughs> and it helps build the, the the structures of our kin networks and it, you know, forces us to be altruistic, which is what makes us, you know, benefits us as a species. Um, and it's really inconvenient but that, that's also why like it's important to have the like, be really really high when a baby's born and all of that oxytocin releases so you don't smash it with a rock
0: right yeah we we I, we talked about that in one of my uh, psych classes my, my neuropsych she she was basically like yeah love is just an ever evolutionary development so that we don't murder our young <laughs> It's like it just ensures the survival of our species, so that's why we oh, we have love for and,
2: real. You know, that's why I think MDMA is so helpful for a lot of people. You take some of that aggression yeah. out when you realize, like, I can just like rub on your arm, and then like I'm okay with you,
0: right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that little anthropology minute. But but it, but the question though is like, yeah, why aren't we quieter as infants? Then, if if it like is benefits our species, like you know, if we're being hunted in you know in the early time of humans. I mean, obviously, we.
1: it's good that we cry, because that lets people know something's wrong. Oh, well, no, they should be Hungry. attached to the tit. That's what they should be. <laughs> <laughs> Like They should be attached to... Like, yeah. They should be latched on and nerting.
0: Yeah, we were just wondering, like, what the, you know, like, there has to be a
1: benefit, but you're right. I mean, our we
0: are we're an inefficient species yeah we're,
2: but we're also not prey animals too i mean you know we're we're apex predators as That's well true. because of yeah. our intellect not because of our brute strength or anything but like by the time we became anatomically modern humans and had harnessed the power of fire yeah you have to worry about a big cat sometimes or other but the, the babies are probably safe because they're at the base camp which has got the most adult humans around right. it the fire you know it's, yeah. in, it's in a protected space that was kind not of just like wandering yeah. around
0: that was the sort of the point i made to jeffrey i'm like well it's not as if we're you know We're not defense worms yeah so, yeah certainly
2: look at the world
0: so that yeah that makes sense but anyway so the point was yeah it was we just had this whole conversation it's just funny that this comes up because that was like we had this whole talk this morning where i'm just like <laughs> i don't know i will say this i don't want one <laughs> like listening to that That's just fair. further you know like totally fine to play like the awesome queer uncle take you to see the inappropriate horror films take you to the you know the Not Scary Farm, do all that. I'm totally here for that and to be that bad influence. Uh,
1: But... Yeah. yeah, it's funny because have she's one been, in my house. My cousin's like been that. struggling with like what, <laughs> with how much she should indulge his his um uh, his fascination or with horror. Yeah, and he and yeah he's all like, yeah, I, I saw Child's Play on Blu-ray, and I'm like, oh, so did I? Like not not two weeks ago, but I'm just like, I said to her, I'm like, you know, as long as you, I mean, if you give me permission to do it, <laughs> I will. I'm more than happy to because I'm also not you, so you can say that. You know? Well, I'm 100% for that. That could be really fun. And I go three or four times a year. So there's plenty of
0: opportunity for us to have like adult go out and do the whole thing. And then also yeah. do like a kid's night. I like no. it. A little freight school field trip to depression. best episode
2: of Magic School Bus ever.
1: Yeah. Yes.
2: Joshua yep. Napier as, uh, as as Miss Miss, Miss Frizzle. Frizzle. Miss Frizzle. <laughs> Miss Frizzle.
0: <laughs> hey, I'm for it. That Do you would have a Cthulhu fun. skirt? Yeah, <laughs> I should get one. That'd be awesome. Just like tons of tentacles on it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Take chances. Get messy. Blood on her hands. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, this is great. <laughs> We need to use this in like our new ads and stuff. Yeah. Like let's do that. Like, st- we were we've been trying to like kind of come up with these ads that are riffs on horror films, but maybe what we need to do is bring the horror to things like that.
1: Yeah, exactly. Just, It'll be like magic we'll get a school bus, you Beat down, down you
0: creepy know. ass bus with me oh. at the, at the I don't even drive. Psychotic
2: Miss Frizzle. Yeah. Absolutely. Ah! I'm for I'm it. Going to like space in another dimension and it's yeah. it's all oh, it's the space populated by those killer clowns. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, this is amazing. Miss Frizzle uh, (sighs) (laughs) This
0: is wonderful. Uh, all right, so I was just trying to think real quick of any uh, any news that you've seen this week. Obviously, the new um, season of, of Stranger Things is out. I need to dedicate uh, some time to sit and watch it. I've not watched it yet. Yes, yeah, I haven't seen um, anything
2: about that yet. That's coming up. You saw Midsummer, didn't you? I, yes. I was looking at Child's Play and Midsummer, and I was like, I want to see both, but I think Child's Play will be a. I watch it on a streaming service later. But I feel like I want to see Midsummer in theaters because I missed out on Hereditary, and then I saw it, and I was like, oh, "I'm watching this again right away."
0: I would recommend, yeah. Uh, dear listener, go back and listen to our Midsummer
2: yeah. episode.
1: Uh, but um, yeah, I highly recommend it. You should go see it. It's it's worth it to see it in a it's theater. It's a lot. So it's, it's a lot. It's two. It's a it's a beast of a film. It's two hours. Psychologically,
2: two hours. a lot or yes. gore, gory, a lot or both. It's oh. a lot
1: all over the place yeah it's a lot it's long it's those two things as well yeah it's very gory it has some extremely graphic violence um just when you think that you're not you're gonna get a cutaway it doesn't cut away yeah
2: oh well that makes sense yeah i mean yeah,
1: yeah. especially given i mean yeah, even when what i saw it
2: in hereditary with tony collette yeah. and, and yeah. The, the scenes by the time you get to the climax and you really think that you can expect things to let go and then it doesn't And i'm like it like it's sort of that sort of like neon demon kind of thing where it's like mm. you think you've you're, you've reached the peak and then it keeps going and then someone's vomiting up an eyeball
0: yeah 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 it's definitely very uh yeah it's very graphic uh and, and again it's just a lot on a lot is it of sexual
2: levels. is it rapey at all Uh, yeah all right it's all of it okay yeah it
0: is it's i was thinking
2: about kidnapping my girlfriend and making her go watch it but i don't know if she could handle it
0: it's yeah it's a bit much um yeah yeah Yeah, i would definitely say it's a lot for someone trigger warning
1: it's a (laughs) lot for someone to actually go to a theater and feel like they have to stay because if you watch it at home you can always turn it off come back to it it. yeah Mm -hmm. but this one if you like you're gonna sit for you're gonna be held captive for two and a half hours yeah So
2: I might have to have a consent conversation then and say, I'm not going to kidnap you and force you to be traumatized by this, by
0: the situation, you know, or let her just spoil it for herself and read the Wikipedia or something like that and just know what to expect. But yeah, I mean, it is, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty heavy, but also beautiful. I mean, it's beautifully shot. There are parts that it just looks like a Vermeer painting or something. Like it's just Mm. beautiful. Um, you know, it's in sweet or it's set in Sweden, but they, um, filmed in, was it, Budapest or Hungary Budapest. or yeah. something like that. Uh, they they filmed elsewhere. So, but but it's beautiful regardless, and um, has some really cool, freaky scenes and really powerful, interesting, intricate imagery. So it was definitely fun to watch. I recommend being totally sober for it. You know, oh, absolutely. I, I would not recommend absolutely yes. uh, being drunk or any other substances. Uh, I would not. I would not recommend that because it it's heavy and. Don't want to crawl up into your head too much.
1: Yeah, <laughs> with it, and there's uh, like thoroughly really enjoyable, and there's also like drug use in it. So yeah, where which is part of the narrative device. So yeah, yeah, it's neat.
0: I mean, it, it was a very neat, wasn't eh, neat. Uh, it, it was a, it was good. I really enjoyed it, and I would see it again. But I become a real fan of like that kind of. Thing it's like it's sort of like the Wes Anderson stuff for some people. Like I'm really getting into this like new age like
1: very slow house
0: yeah. yeah horror films that are three hours long and you know like filled with new beautiful Suspiria. yes I, I loved that I just
2: came into the the final ten or fifteen minutes of that the other day oh, and I hadn't insane. seen it but I knew instantly what it was. And I sat down and watched like all of, you know, the very end climactic parts of it. And my roommates are like, I don't know. You didn't see like the buildup. I don't know if you could, ha- you know, if you're going to want to see this. And I was like, I'm already in love with everything I'm seeing. And yeah. I'm definitely going to watch this like as quickly as possible.
0: Yeah, I recommend that too. And
2: I loved it. You I know? stayed away because of Dakota Johnson. Uh, and I was like, I don't know if this is going to be like interesting enough for me in a way that I'm going to, but
1: she's not terrible. And
2: I saw it and no. I was like, oh my
0: yeah, okay. I I really really enjoyed that. I loved Hereditary. I loved The Witch. You know, I love the stuff coming out of A twenty four. You know, they have a new. There was a, a preview for The Lodge, which looked really interesting. Yeah, and yeah. I, I'm really excited for that movie or to come out later this year. Uh, it was sort of like. <laughs> The trailer had it's like father with his two kids and then like his new girlfriend after, I guess, the mother died. That's kind of what it seemed like uh, that she wasn't in the picture anymore. And they decide to take like a family trip to the mountains in a snowy, isolated cabin. Never a good idea. And the father has to leave for some reason. And then like the kids, it's like, oh, there was some kind of death cult that lived in this lodge. And maybe the this woman was like the lone survivor of it. Was
2: it the Masons? (laughs)
0: <laughs> maybe, but it looked more like the Hallie, Haley's Comet, or the um, Heaven's Bob. Gate. Yeah, that's yeah, I mean. yeah, yeah. Purple, you know, tennis shoes and the sheets and all the that. The matching shoes. Yeah, that's what it kind of looked like, um, but...
2: Were you here for that? Were you here for Heaven's Gate? You weren't here yet. No. no were you here? No.
0: No, I have I wasn't. strong memories of it, though, okay. on, on television. Yeah,
2: I yeah, yeah, yeah. Breaking. I came out when I was, like, in third or fourth grade or something like that. I, re- I still remember like, not believing. I'm like, wait, that that's, okay, that's like 20... 20 minutes that way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like right around the corner and they're still active. Like there's still people that like run the website and all that. Uh, we were at the, my favorite Murder recording of that here in San Diego, where they talked about heaven's gate. So a little shout out to little, little MFM, you know, stay sexy. Don't get murdered. Blah, blah, blah. Uh Yeah. Anyway. So it, it did look really interesting. The lodge. That's what it's called. So that'll definitely be a future freight school field trip episode. Cause it, it, it looked a little shining ish you know, definitely kind of gave me those sorts of vibes. Uh, But, I mean, that's not a bad thing.
2: (laughs) I mean, that's that's the kind of feature of the genre. It's like you get used to these tropes. You might as well make new ones or have callbacks or, like, lead someone in one direction and then the next thing you know it's going in another I know I've been duped before like going into things like I already know I already know what this is and that's that was my experience with hereditary I was like oh I already know what this is gonna be you know I'm like this is uh, a mother who experiences some kind of tragedy and it's gonna be like you're not sure if it's her like mental illness or and it's really her her grief is the monster and then I watched and I was like (laughs) I was wrong I was I was wrong
0: (laughs) yeah yeah no I love the bait and switch kind of stuff Were you going to say something, Joe? Oh, no, you just kind of got up onto the mic there for a moment. Um, All right. Well, uh, well, good. That wraps up then this uh, first half. So we're going to take a real quick break and we'll be back to dive into uh, Jay's horror story. That's why I don't have sex. It's not because of my face or my general attitude towards human beings. The thing is that they don't refer to any of these things as murders, which is the most amazing part. It's always referred to as a disappearance. There's fucking blood filling the back of a truck. That was certainly nice of me, wasn't it? Huh? Same set as Castle Street. <laughs> what is that really no but i would believe it actually that wouldn't shock me That's... i can't imagine that there's a ton of castles that charles band has it is supposed <laughs>
1: that frog is gonna bang roddy Piper.
0: nope she's <laughs> just one horny toad <laughs> just a just screamed that he's a fucking walrus for so
1: long he keeps yelling cuckoo cuckoo" and shit it's weird <laughs> Join me and Matt as we discuss some of the worst of horror every week on the Horror
2: Movie Night Podcast. Listen at HMNpodcast.com.
0: All right. Well, welcome back. All right. So we did invite Jay on today to talk about horror.
2: (laughs) Sounds so fitting when I think back on my life. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty horrible. Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah, same. All right, well, that was deep, and now
1: we're done. And we're, we're done. done. <laughs> it's
2: the end. It's the end, you guys. But um, I think that, like, so earlier we were talking about, yeah, like, so, like, what is my my sort of background or my my entrance into horror? Because I'm not just a horror connoisseur. I'm not someone that just will watch any horror thing or any horror TV show. Like, I'm pretty picky, and I, I need <sighs> to feel like uh, it's attached to – some kind of story i need to feel like it either creates an emotional response within me or it's just something so far out there or weird that i can kind of chew on it or my favorite thing is that when i retell the story of the horror what i saw or the show i saw or the thing i heard about i can watch someone else's eyes get bigger and that's that for (laughs) me it's like when i tell someone like you need to see what I saw you need to read what I read and I watched their eyes get bigger as I describe it and they're like oh my god and I'm like I know isn't that a lot <laughs> it's so much but like you have to see it too and then I will if I like something enough I'll sit someone down and I'll rewatch it with them basically you know and I'm not as annoying as I was when I was young which like this is the important part you have to watch now but like I'll just kind of like stare at them the whole time just waiting <laughs> for them to see what's about you know who's about to get their throat cut or you know who's about to you know realize that whatever is about to happen anyway. And so like my first experience with that was like I would randomly pick books in Barnes & Noble because I like my parents would never say no to books because they thought that that was probably an okay, you know, an okay thing. And and it's kind of like on them then that this kind of turned out the way it did. (laughs) But I pulled out a Poppy Z. Bright book, oh, okay. Exquisite Corpse. Oh, when yeah. I was 15 or 16, and exquisite corpse was, Poppy Z. Bright was inspired, who is who is now um, is a trans man yeah, Billy writer, Martin. Billy Martin, living in New Orleans. But at the time was going by Poppy Z. Bright and still uses the nom de plume uh, of Poppy Z. Bright with, with his books um, and history. And Exquisite Corpse was his response to Jeffrey Dahmer and like dealing with being like identifying as a gay man and but also being a horror connoisseur and had written like vampire, like gay vampire, not exactly erotica, but like had some explicit sex in it, but was also explicitly violent. yeah and lost dealt souls. with mm-hmm. lost souls and drawing blood <sighs> and then a lot of short stories dealing with um, the similar things of just extreme violence and a lot of gayness and and linking those two things together, like linking like queerness and otherness in a way that like we are viewed. As queer people, as being monstrous yeah. or being violent or being foul, and and was writing, he was writing in like the late '80s, early '90s initially when he was really young. So it's like um, using horror as an analogy for the AIDS virus, and so Exquisite Corpse was a culmination of having just been like inundated with media about Jeffrey Dahmer and and gay and cannibalism and murder, and then also the AIDS virus, and so that he wrote this book, Exquisite Corpse, about. Gay serial killers who are cannibals and who also have HIV and AIDS. And it's all about how, you know, vampirism is a virus. It's, you can pass it on through blood. And, but it was also like someone using, um, vices on nipples and, and using screwdrivers and rectums and press and, 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 yeah, and, yeah. It's and, it's and, and guts and, and, and it, explicit in a way that I hadn't seen or heard. And it was, and it felt, so dark, but also so sad. Mm-hmm. And I felt like these things like, I might not understand what my own queerness is, but there was something in that extreme place of like people living dual lives and, you know, people who were not bad people, but people who were because of who they were bad. And I was like, ah to this in ways that I don't exactly understand or know but there's something about these people who are, don't fit into society and they're not doing the right things and I'm like I don't think I fit into society and I don't think I do the right things even though I keep trying to and so like that really stuck out to me and so I said I need to get more of this whatever this is and as hard as it is to read and as upsetting it is as it is like this is fascinating and I can't put it down and so Poppy Z Bright led me to Caitlin R. Kiernan
0: oh yeah 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 yeah.
2: who is just one of my favorite writers of all time and one of the one of the reasons I think like she made me become a better reader she's she writes difficult you can't have a low reading comprehension to read Caitlin or Kiernan that's true and I mean I was in in high school so Mm -hmm. I had to like look up words (laughs) yeah she's also a paleontologist you know and so she'll talk about trilobites and she'll talk about fossils and I'm like geology and I was like I don't what is the scientific name for a, a, okay. (laughs) And then they led me to Neil Gaiman and then more mainstream stuff. But I mean, like my formative years, I was, I was spent like reading about dark caves and incestuous, you know, vampires. Vampires. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. And yeah. And, and that's the kind of stuff. So when I, when I, see other media and when i'm going for a movie like i'll say i'm not really interested in in mainstream horror or jump scare but if there's a story behind it like like the stuff with a24 and like the witch and and historic fiction and things that are linked to reality or just a way of of reading an an actual event or human experience through something just so outrageous i i eat it up
0: i love that yeah um sorry, there's <laughs> just uh, digesting, um, poppy Z bright, just to go back. Um, I remember being introduced, I think I was probably 18 and, uh, cause I had seen tons of horror growing up, you know, that's like, Canon on this show. Everybody knows kind of my history of that. But I remember, you know, wanting like something new in vampires and a friend of mine was like, Have you ever heard of this Lost Souls book? I'm like, No, I've never heard of Poppy Z. Bright. And then I just like read it in a day. You know, I was like staying at their house for the weekend, you know, it was one of those kinds of things where we were just like chilling and I was just like, I can't talk anymore. And I like just like read that whole freaking book over like the weekend.
2: Oh, it's she He now, but like the writing style is is so accessible yeah and,
0: very cinematic and for the, I felt. for the
2: age it's so escapist yes. it's so sexy and yeah. the, oh god it's so well yeah. done
0: yeah no there's just some beautiful passages in it and the same with like exquisite corpse even though they're talking about like such hor- like horrific stuff you know in, in 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 the book and you know all these characters um her her writing at the time but his writing it's so poetic and really beautiful the way he like describes different things and it's so graphic you know uh but the, Like that's what I have always loved about reading Poppy Z Bright books is that he has this ability with words to pick exactly the right description. (laughs) So it's like, it's there. It's like the slipperiness of, you know, intestines or, you know, the, uh, just the way somebody looks, you know, and there's like, um, one of them, it's, um, there's a line where it's like, um, steel wool and bleach won't clean fireplaces, but boys are made of softer stuff. Or something Mm. like that. It's so fucked up, and like (laughs) we, you know, it's like, oh my god, what what am I reading? Um, But yeah, definitely, especially with the queerness. I never read something so explicitly queer, you know, and you know, bloody and gory and vicious and visceral as as um, his early work. Uh, So. You're ready, Joe, right? You just want to borrow all those books and just I read them. I have them on
2: a special shelf. I will never get rid of them if I no. don't read them. you know, again, I will still have them like on an altar.
0: Yeah, uh, which is very appropriate. Poppy loves altars and voodoo stuff, and you know, all of that work. Very, the work is very influenced by New Orleans, and you know, just his uh, his life there. Uh, so, just to backtrack a little, do you? Um, what was the first horror film you remember seeing?
2: An entirety or, like, memory of seeing something? M-
0: memory of it and... You, of, of just, Yeah, exactly. Like, that first exposure.
2: So, I woke up early one morning. I don't know how old I was. Somewhere between four and six. And it was, like, a Saturday or Sunday morning. And I got up early and my dad was um, on the couch watching... Um, I think it was The Shining on a cable network or something so it's like the edited for tv version and i remember seeing like the kid on the big wheel and then thinking like Oh, fun. You know, like right. this is, this is for kids. This is fun. And my dad didn't like, I think because it was on TV, he wasn't too afraid. And I don't know that I knew to be afraid of it, but I, I remember seeing the, the big wheel and then it turned to be the twins. And I remember like feeling weird, like that thing, like the, being off, like unsettled by seeing those twins. And I don't remember anything else. I don't remember if I finished watching it. And then somewhere around the same time, we were visiting my mom's aunt and uncle who were elderly and childless. And so it was really boring for me to go visit them. And they had the TV on and I don't know if they were paying attention or not, but it was one, uh, I think it was the, maybe it was the third or the fourth nightmare on Elm street. Like it wasn't oh, okay. the first one for sure, but it wasn't the second one because it wasn't funny and I've seen it since and, and the same scene doesn't play over, but it was one of them. And I didn't even pick up that he came to you in your dreams. I just remember like his face and his hands and being like absolutely horrified as he chased some woman through the house. And really not understanding what I saw or right. how to like contextualize it. And then like in my room as a kid that night, like I had this like clown painting because of course I did. <laughs> like four weird clowns that I had never had any bad thoughts about before. But like I went to close my eyes and like I looked up and like all four and like in the darkness, all four of the clown faces kind of look like Freddy Krueger's face. And I... I, th- I slept on my parents' bedroom floor after that for like a solid year. Like they made wow. me like a little bed next to their bed. And then even when I went back to my bed, I used to, I was so afraid of vampires that I would take the sheet off of my bed and tie it around my neck like a noose.
0: <laughs> to protect your neck. <laughs> to protect, protect
2: my neck so I wouldn't right. have to feel vulnerable. Where did that
0: fear come from?
2: I don't know where that came from, honestly. I, I mean, I was terrified of first vampires and then later aliens in like middle school, and like The X Files. I would watch it to dare uh, myself, yeah. but I was always afraid of like looking out of the corner of my eye at, through like the window and like just having an alien just being like, "Hey." <laughs> I was like, like my biggest fear was just like an alien <laughs> looking back at me through the like the window, and I was just could not handle it, but. I was so terrified of vampires as a kid. And I don't know if I, I I must've seen something or heard something, but I don't have any memories of that. I have a memory of the fear and I have a Mm. memory of seeing a Freddy Krueger movie.
0: Interesting. Huh. Yeah. I'm curious where that, where maybe you had picked that up. I had the same fears with aliens. I was like obsessed. Like once the X-Files came out, I was so sure that we were like going to be abducted. And then I saw fire in the sky. have you seen that? Mm -mm. I recommend it. It's, it's, creepy as fuck, especially when he he does get... It's based on, quote-unquote, a true story. Uh, This guy, Travis something Yeah uh i can't remember what his last name is but claims he was abducted by aliens and he vanished for like five days there was like a massive hunt for him uh his friends were accused of murdering him out in the woods they were part of some kind of logging company or construction company or something like that and on their way back they, they all claimed to have seen it they all said no this fucking thing came out of the sky and took him and they all went through like the polygraph tests and passed them or they were like you know indeterminate results kind of mm. thing uh, inconclusive Uh, And then he just showed up naked out in the middle of nowhere at a phone booth at, you know, some gas station or whatever saying, I was abducted by aliens. And so he wrote a book about it and spent his life talking about, you know, the others and the aliens. Uh, But it it has these insane sequences where they like probe him, you know, they like bring him on and they put this like weird sheet that's like, like a mucous membrane and it like traps him and like sucks onto him. And they have this thing that comes down and it gets in his eyeball. It was, it's freaky. And wow. I remember seeing that as a kid and just, I hated going outside at night for a long time, especially like my, um, my brother's sister's father cleaned a bingo hall at the time. And it was kind of in the middle of nowhere. And there was like this long parking lot to the dumpsters and he would take us sometimes to help haul trash and it was, I would run so fast to that thing and back because I would, I mean, it was just big, wide open sky.
2: Oh, I used to run to take the trash out if it was after dark and yeah. it was just around the house. You know, it wasn't yeah. like the woods. There was another house in the backyard. And, but if I had to go out at night, like I would sprint. I didn't want to yeah. see anything. I didn't want to know anything. I refused to see the aliens movies, which are phenomenal. And I've since seen them. Yeah. And I'm really disappointed in myself, having not had the the gall to see it back in the day. But I was just, I couldn't handle it. Aliens were terrifying. There was that movie where that sexy lady turned into an alien or she was, was that that like um, Species? Species. She cut off her thumb and then it regrew. And I was just like, "Uh uh-uh. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but I, yes. I enjoy this piece. But also,
2: things. yes. But
0: also, right. yes. Yeah. But uh, uh-uh. uh. Especially she comes out of that cocoon, you know, right at the at the beginning of the movie. Uh, yeah. No aliens. I yeah, definitely believed a hundred percent in. and was just totally afraid of being abducted.
2: Oh, I and, thought Chris Carter had it right. Like after I yeah. saw the X Files movie, I was just like, oh, the next big holiday, it's gonna happen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> They're gonna come for us. It'd um, oh,
2: almost be better if they did.
0: So, so um. After that, after those experiences, what uh, what was the first horror film that you sought out?
2: Oh god. That you were like, This um, I know
0: this is a horror film and I'm gonna watch it.
2: You know, I think it was I unintentionally was 28 days later, because like so I I've, I've always had these like weird fears, right? So it went from vampires I don't understand, and then aliens, and which I understood would that come from. And then I had a long, really intense fear of zombies, and so I desensitized myself to it. Like I remember 28 Days Later came out and I said I was like really horrified by what I was seeing there, and I remember what was the one where they were in the mall that got re-released in like two thousand three or four. Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead, and I was like, I'm gonna hate every second of this, but I have to see it. I have to see it, and I have to like peel my eyes open and like force myself to do it, like medicine, just so that I don't have to be afraid. Because I remember almost having a panic attack in Disneyland once in the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, that part where you're going in and they're having like a battle scene with the other ships, and I just thought, like, what, what, what now? what if a zombie outbreak happened in Disneyland and then like they started like running into this exhibit and then there's like animatronic people and then like zombie people and you couldn't tell the difference. And then (laughs) they charged into the water and got in this boat with us. And like, I was like, fuck, fuck. I thought it. And now there's nothing to stop it from happening except for reality. So hopefully that holds together. And so I was like, all right, I got to get rid of this. I can't be afraid of this anymore.
0: This is amazing. <laughs> That's so awesome. It's like, just take us all the way through this like anxiety panic. Like, <laughs> oh, abso- <you> know, absolutely. <laughs>
2: absolutely. Absolutely. It's mostly oh. like like my fear response in, in a haunted house or anything else. I'm just like, I have to like completely s- like surround myself in this and see everything about it so that I no longer have like panic and do zombie nightmares. Because like for a long time, I kept having zombie apocalypse dreams and i mean it's it makes sense it's like the fear of loss of control yeah, yeah, you yeah. know in your environment yeah. and it's like jeffrey other, has those a lot other too. people ha- have dreams that their teeth fall out or their hair fall out but for me it's like um my panic dreams are one my hair's grown grown too long and i haven't got a haircut and i'm like oh no my hair is long now <laughs> or it's like zombies coming out and i have to like kill my friends and it's like n- it's nothing in between
0: <laughs> i love that
2: <laughs> i have had therapy um it's just to let everyone know it's really been helpful i recommend it to everyone i don't i don't really have too many panic dreams anymore but uh, for a long time i I really did and it was kind of all consuming and um, the exposure did help um but again like i didn't intentionally seek horror out Okay. I, I would seek out things that seemed interesting and then it would just so, sort of like coincidentally would be a horror film, right? Like I think I did 28 days later, I saw because I thought it was going to be an interesting movie and it was just the beginning of the zombie the trope that was coming in the 21st century zombies. And so I didn't even realize what I was in for until it had already started. And then I was like, oh, this is, this is a different thing entirely. And I enjoyed what I was being exposed to because it was so different from what I had seen, but it wasn't intentional necessarily.
0: Hmm. Well, that's, yeah, that's interesting. We've not really, most people have had like, yes, I sought out a horror film, so that's interesting.
2: I think like, I saw, I mean, sometimes I would, I mean, if like it was like a big group of friends, but it wasn't my first choice unless there was, and it's the same now, unless I feel like there's going to be something about it that sets it apart, like it follows. People were like, this is a, something different. Or, um, gosh, like we were talking about Hereditary earlier, just something that's just different different in a way or the witch especially if it's historical fiction of any kind then i'm in for that um but just a regular like it's it's gonna be a murderer like the saw movies i I still don't have any interest in in any of that like gore porn or like
0: slasher stuff you know where it's pretty
2: yeah unless unless there's something about it um like uh like the house like um what is it when like the, the the house horrors where it's like people are in like some secluded, isolated place and then like the outside comes inside. Mm-hmm. I'll only watch that if I hear that there's something to subvert the expectation, you know, like I went to see Cabin in the Woods because I was okay. like, you know, Josh Whedon did this and it's going to be the stereotype. I'll see a uh, Sam Raimi film because I always know it's going to be something batshit and, and it's going to yeah. be so over the top with the blood. You know, Drag Me to Hell was one of my favorite experiences in a movie. Um, and then I went I saw the ruins with Laura on purpose because I was like alright you got Jenna Malone I got Mayan ruins <laughs> between me and Laura Laura's a nurse so she's able to tell me like medically what's going on she's like oh she's carving into her leg well if she hits her femoral artery and I'm like that's not what an actual Mayan ruin would look like at this stage and we don't use that's not an excavation <laughs> that would have been used in this century and I'm like <laughs> and, and, and that's how we, we watch the movie and get through it and I mean I'm sure everyone around us is annoyed but like fuck them, right <laughs>
0: there you go joe there's a new tactic for you you know just, just like completely just pick apart
1: any any logic any any in internal you know i like secretly logic. hate that though i'm just like you know it's it's we are watching a film we're not watching a documentary we are watching you know i'm, I'm like well, shots fired he's yeah. now antagonizing other. again we oh. all have our coping mechanisms so if like if that helps you unpack the horror <laughs> that that's great but, like, like my thing is, like, if people walk into a romantic comedy, not that any of you would walk into a romantic comedy, <laughs> but if people walk into a romantic comedy, like, oh, that's not realistic. I'm like, it's a fucking film. Right. Like, the fact that these people even would <laughs> remotely be interested in each other is a fiction. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> But I, I do enjoy that only because especially in the context of the show that we do here, you know, st- I, I do find that fascinating you know when things are you know not like correct or they're anachronistic or whatnot yeah i I, I do find it interesting i have
2: a like unique perspective from a lot of people in some ways i mean because i am picky but because also i i see like my sort of field my industry my my point of view my perspective in the world kind of skewed sometimes and not often represented and so Mm -hmm. when i see something that like is drawing on that industry or field and realm i'm like oh i know this yeah, yeah, um, and, and, and like anthropology, anthropology, or, or archaeology, yeah, 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 yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so when I see a movie with ruins in it, and and I, and I see it like portrayed, I'm just you know a little critical because I under, I know what I'm seeing. You know, right, like right, I right. saw the last, um, and Indiana I bet it Jones never gets movie. it right.
1: It well, never gets it right. It never gets it right. I mean,
2: <laughs> no. you know, nothing ever gets like it right. like
0: mental health in the horror.
2: <laughs> yeah, but I, I, but I saw the last Indiana Jones movie like in a row full of all um, Andean archaeologists and part of that movie, you know, he's like flying down to the Nazca lines to like get the glass goal, and every single person in the line was like an Indian scholar and we're just all like so loud We're, like that's not what the airport in nasc looks like and it was it was i actually I loved it i loved being able to yeah. rip it apart like so neat you know like in right. the niche like s- understand specific. like yeah, yes yeah, this yeah. is dumb and aliens aren't real but also yeah. that's not what the airport that in looks, like looks like vancouver <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's amazing uh, i love it all right so um curious about your thoughts on uh, why horror why do we make horror what do you think as somebody who is coming from this perspective you know we're on the we're on this eternal quest
2: <laughs> I mean fear is we we, we are trained to perceive fear and understand fear because of the unknown. I mean, you know, I'm not like an authority figure in all on all ways, but I mean, a lot of things about religion. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're woefully a, low. A lot of us. things, <laughs> yeah, with have to do with belief. It, it all comes from us like having such a, deep understanding of the world around us but then also you you know something could you know sneak up from behind you and get you and you wouldn't see it we can't see behind our heads um we fall asleep and anything could come and get us could happen to us could happen to our children people are horrible to each other all of the time for reasons that we may not know people do murder each other people do eat their organs people do chop people into bits for reasons every day (laughs) and And I think part of horror is, is to give you some of that reason. It's to right. give you some of the insight, not just to give you tales and things to be afraid of, but almost to give you like a you don't have to be afraid because here's some like justification for the, for the horror you're experiencing that has no reason. There's no reason why, you know, children should be in cages or people should be chopped in half with machetes somewhere. But here's a movie where, you know, it's just a bad guy. It's a monster. He's hungry. He wants to, you know, he wants to have your pretty blue eyes. So he's going to eat your pretty blue eyes. And that at least gives you like a sense of relief mm-hmm. to have a cause and effect. And I think it's fun to create alternate realities or, and realities that invert our expectation. And you're like almost like building a perfect utopian world except for this one thing that's happening. And <laughs> can't, if, if we can create a hero, that not means, might mean that like heroes exist in our world right. and that someone will save the day. And I think it's also nice that horror is also like a mirror on society and you can really like go in in a way that you can't in a, in a drama and say like, these are the specific ways society's fucked up. But it becomes so hyperbolic. It becomes so exaggerated in horror um, that it, that it's just Absolutely in, in, in engulfing and, in, and you, you can't get enough of it and, and you love the realities of that world and it beca- and, it, and that's why it's, it spills over into camp, I think so, so frequently is because everything's exaggerated and I think that makes so much sense why like horror and comedy go together so well
0: yeah no absolutely yeah you're right and plus it, like we've talked about before like comedies about timing you know horrors about timing but you're right the over exaggeratedness of it yeah it does easily yeah. bleed over into an
2: atmosphere yeah. and music and and because it is like it is so artful because you can take a moment and just with a soundtrack you know and a scratch or a growl yeah, 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 and get yeah. such an emotional response from from just blackness
0: yeah Joe, it's kind of like when we had Tiffany on, which her because she sort of said something similar about like organizing the um, not organizing like uh, understand motivation, you know, like of horror in the world, you know that that films and and the art of horror kind of can give us like a clue
1: into that and give us give us insight into the darkness of people so you know we're about we're doing this unit right now on werewolves and we're about to talk about ginger snaps next week so you know the idea from me it's like oh werewolves it's basically this uh, their metaphors or allegories for like the darkness that is contained within all human beings within all people and the idea of like what happens when you do that transformation so you know what what happens and when like you are the monster when you obviously don't want to be the monster or maybe you give in to the tendencies and you realize that you do want to be the monster and what is that like and i mean it talked yeah. about it in the wolfman last week and so It's one of those things where you just, you, the more we go through this and the more I go through this and, you know, learn about these things, it's, it's more for me than just sometimes I mean sometimes it's just people just like a kooky scare they like to they like that kind of release and wish fulfillment of a horror film where eventually people who are not like revenge fantasies eventually people who are not nice are going to get it or the victim or the the villain will always die but then get brought back in another way and we have to keep fighting or something like that so there's there's those elements of it but you know, for me, it's just one of those things where it's like you learn something. You learn that you can survive something because even though there is this terrible thing that's happening to you in the moment, you learn that you can survive it or maybe you don't and that's okay too because, you know, eventually we all... We all learn, you know. We never we we're all going to die, so <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, not to get all m- macabre. But like we all we're all going to die. Oh yeah, like, hold up on the macabre here. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Know?
2: Save it for another show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I I love that, and I I do. You know, that kind of harkens back to sort of what Jackie said from um, mm-hmm. the Jersey Ghouls when we had her on the episode where she saw. Yeah, that it's like. I could survive this or I can fight back. You know, it was just this yeah. kind of really cool, you know, take on horror, you know, especially coming from, you know, a woman, you know, and and, and from a feminist perspective that it's not necessarily scary. It's like a, it, it it I mean it's scary but gives that like I can fight back. Yeah, I, can I think do it, this, it's giving
2: you, know? you an opportunity to play a game with yourself about who am I? What are my values? What, who would yeah. I be in this scenario? And what, what, what would I want? What would my motivations be? If I was dropped into this world, would I succumb? Would I run? Would I fight? Would I be the, would I be the monster? And you can have that to kind of debate with yourself and, and kind of have that like feeling. And it's, like people have with video games now you can be like, you can be the good guy or you can be the bad guy. Right. You get to choose what story you want. And I think in, in a horror film, you're, you're presented with these various perspectives and it's like, okay, you can be the predator, you can be the prey, you can be a, a, a standard bot, you know, standing by on the sides. You can right. be the comic relief. Um, and, and, and as time goes on, people are subverting it. You were getting horror films from the perspective of the monsters. Um, yeah. in, in uh, interdisciplinary things, you know, merging things like body horror with creature effects and, and stories of, you know, political horror mixed with cult horror and, and things that are kind of coming together in a whole new world that gives you more to chew on and more perspectives.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We're de- we're in such a golden age for horror, you know, a thoughtful horror of, you know, the social justice influence of the world, you know, around us as, as more and more of us are, are thinking, hopefully thinking about, <laughs> you know, real radical change, you know, so we're we're seeing that kind of crossover into horror. So I love it. I, I, I really love like what we're seeing in this in this sliver of art (laughs) you know in this in this in this response that you know we make to to the world around us at least here it's very it's very intriguing
2: and when times are dark i think that's like we're having a resurgence now of like goth culture and goth music at least in san diego i feel like i've i've had more goth nights in the past year and a half Mm -hmm. than my entire life that i was aware of and more people are gravitating towards it because the times are dark because things feel heavy and weighty. And so it feels right to, if I'm going to have a good time, I want it to be a dark time because I want, I I can't like put my head in the sand anymore. Yeah. I can go out and drink and dance, but at least I'm acknowledging that like, it's hard and VNV Nation is a really great band. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's fine you say that because that yeah i've definitely finding myself like as as i am been um, working on new music and working on new art that is definitely veering towards that like i have a real like i've never had the such a need to um express the rage i feel because usually the, the music i write is about like you know broken hearts and you know sad stuff and how love is bad and you know even though i have a great love but you know that that sort of space but now I, i'm in such like this angry place all the time that i've never felt like making the kind of darker harder rock stuff i'm working on now you know and i think it is a way to exercise some of that i do want to i'm trying to get in touch with that
2: part totally. of me
0: that I've never really felt the need. You know, I've talked about this with like hard rock music, you know, um, which is so in- it- it linked into horror, but it never, I was never like a hard rock metal fan. Cause I felt like I'm very much in touch with like my emotions. Like I, and I, I think that hard rock and metal like that, like the men who are into that specifically, It is a way to process like sadness and emotions, and go and headbang and fucking scream and growl and have that, you know, this emotional response of exercising those feelings that men aren't necessarily allowed to. Yeah, socially
2: acceptable way for them to vent.
0: Yeah, and I've never really felt the need the pull for that until very recently you know in, in exercising
2: because it's so overwhelming rage. at the moment if you have yeah. any empathy or compassion at all in you it's it's just a really hard time to to be awake in the world and, and to read anything
0: yeah absolutely you with so, my eyes open how can i be happy you know this right. is a tune yards uh lyric and uh, one that always sticks in my head because i'm like yeah that's that's it's very true, you know. Actually, I've <laughs> <Steve> been also <laughs> recently been rewatching some of True Blood, and there's like sometimes profound little moments in it. Like Jason Stackhouse makes this comment about, "I never thought I was smart enough to be depressed," and I was like, oh,
2: "Totally, wow!" Mm-hmm. Like just
0: thinking about that, yeah, like yeah. The more in tune you are, the more awake, you know. The more, yeah, awake with wi- with wi- eyes wide open you know we're we're just (laughs) going over the ledge yeah Yeah. and so you you,
2: you're drawn to the darkness and you create dark and and, and you let the anger reverberate inside of yourself and i feel like i see it i see it everywhere and i love it you know the kids a few years ago were wearing pastels and happy to celebrate the fourth of july are now just sort of like hunkering down and wearing black colors and in mourning and i'm just like yes yeah. It seems this, appropriate. It's <laughs> starting to feel more appropriate for me.
0: Yeah. No, it's true. Yeah. It's in, it's very interesting times. <laughs> what, do you have anything to add to that, Joe?
1: <laughs> no, we're living in a dark time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this has been a uh, really fun, enlightening conversation.
2: <laughs> enlightening. We're so, we're
0: so hopeful. darkening. Um Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, diving into uh, Ginger Snaps with you uh, next week. Um, Joe, anything else to add?
1: It was great having you. I I I look forward to continuing most of this when we talk about the film next. (laughs) Yay! It was so so great, so great to have you. Yeah, that's why I'm just like I'm just like sitting here and I'm just like yes.
0: I know. I I realize like I'm sitting here like realizing like this really seems like a class. (laughs) You know, like we're like we're too. We're this is our TED talk. We're doing a dual TED talk while our friend listens.
1: (laughs) That's why I'm just like I'm just here. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not here to take any more space away from women. Okay, so.
2: Nap, snap.
1: was that a read
0: <laughs> uh. anyways alright well we look forward to seeing you all again next week dear listener and uh, y'all have good nights
1: Fright School is produced by Joshua Napier and Joe Farron our intro was edited by Davy Boy Productions Our logo was designed by Jamie Channel Guzman. Episodes are edited and engineered by Joe Farron. Fright School is produced in terrifyingly beautiful San Diego, California.